1: Sports Talk Saturday on
2: WGR Sports Radio 550. Our number two of Sports Talk Saturday, Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, Corey Griswold hanging out with you today. Again, gorgeous day in Buffalo. I'm so excited to go outside and just like roll down the window in my car. I'm a dog when it comes to driving cars. I, my head's out the window. I'm having a blast. <laughs>
1: you got that dog out you because oh it's gosh. out the window.
2: I oh, I love I love good weather. I, I talk with people consistently, and all my friends. A controversial take, by the way, to uh, talking to good, people to like good weather. I, apparently, it is because like, I talk about. It, I'm like I'm like I'm a big summer guy. Big summer guy. See, I'm a winter guy, but see, that's what I'm talking about. That's crazy. for summer's def-
1: two. Two psychopathic things here. He knows drought sabers, and he likes the
2: winter. <laughs> it's, it's, it's. What's, I got,
3: I got. I'm gonna hit the trifecta before the end of the show. I oh, promise boy. you.
2: Well, somehow I, I'm gonna I was do gonna say it. we're gonna find out what the trifect is but he will hit it we're gonna I have will. some watch I, list it, radio it's it's up it's Realistically, it's it's up here what it's gonna right be now. is he's like I don't like black coffee I like black coffee with like one sugar in it and that, like that's like his coffee order
1: gonna be some FBI squad car showing up recently. I hate to break it to you <laughs> oh
2: man but on go. the
3: table sitting next to me I have a black coffee with two sugars in it <laughs> so close so close oh that's but, yeah. how I take my coffee that's so creamer scary. is awful I cola, dude so scary
1: <laughs> I need a little sugar in my life. Just get a Pepsi. I like coffee. Get the,
2: I need a little sugar in my life. Get get yourself. I want to <laughs> see you sugar with packet. a tall boy of an RC cola.
1: That's what I want to see. You that, roll that'll, into it. It. that'll be that'll that be next should be Saturday. your
2: morning. That should be your morning. <laughs> it's you is tall boy of RC you got cola. It. From now on,
1: that's what I'll. Be but doing. so
2: like I've talked to, like a bunch of my friends, and I'm like, oh yeah, like I love like the summer humidity. Like I'm I'm much more like you know half backwards t-shirt shorts sunglasses on ninety degrees, and they're like that's insanity. Ninety and like, degrees, and I'm like, is you excessive. like blizzards, bro. What are we talking about here? See, but
3: I, I'm okay with like 70 to 80. 90 is anything above 80. Oh, is, 90, is baby? too
2: much. 90, that's beach weather right there. That is sure. my day is That is, set.
3: you're standing on the sand and it
1: hurts to stand. Oh, yeah, that sunburned in 4.5
3: seconds.
2: <laughs> Just don't get sunburned.
1: I still remember, <laughs> I,
3: I went to the beach one time last summer and it was so hot that I left within 15 minutes because of how much that's the sand hurt. absolutely cowardly behavior. I, yeah. <laughs> what did you want me to do?
2: Get in the water. Stand in the That's water true. for two hours. That's right. Ooh, wow. Get in the water. Oh wow. Exciting. Oh exciting. This is brutal. This is brutal. Well, all right. well you know how much there is to do in the winter compared to the summer. Like nothing. Oh, I'm, don't do this. I am this hiding a, like we're on the air. I am hiding in the house reading a book, hoping to God no one tells me to go outside and shovel. Praying Skying, that, that does not happen. Snowboarding. Hockey. Any anytime I'm turning skiing, down his microphone. Anytime skiing is brought up, it involves a serious injury by somebody. Every hey, you actually... <laughs> he did it. it. Won't be Anytime it won't skiing be is silent. brought up, it is an immediate injury. Gwyneth Paltrow just went through a lawsuit where she like crashed into somebody skiing.
1: Yeah, like a cartoon character. Like, all you see is the arms and legs out, and everything else is obscured by the pine tree that's toast. It that is, I, oh, I okay, that is a terrifying cool. story. I, I've been brought out of jail.
3: Um. <laughs> I've been brought out of jail. I remember seeing that that Gwyneth Paltrow case though. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. No, idea. I would just see clips of it. I'm like, what? But I was what into did it. she do? Like, why is this a national
2: story? I thought,
1: was this a was this a Goop thing? I thought I'm no, it was, it was not a Goop, a goop thing. thing. Was How is it thing. not
2: that? That's uh, that's a, <laughs> that's a huge point. scam. <laughs> that is a very fair point. But I, I I I think she crashed into somebody while she was skiing. I'm not 100 percent sure. And then All I it was just I, I elbows think it was out,
1: a little elbows out on the on the course
2: well, out there. Yeah. there. I think she did it, but then was just like,
1: no, I totally didn't.
2: Out. Yeah. So I, but she won, so I don't know. Yeah. But regardless, so yeah, I'm just, I'm a big summer guy. When the weather turns, I wake up with like a better. Like I mowed the lawn for the first time yesterday, <sighs> like outside of like the the winter and everything like that. I it was, it needed to be done. But when I tell you like halfway through, like, I had a biggest smile on my face listening to music, and I'm like, I'm back. I'm in my element, baby. Nothing, oh. will be,
3: nothing will beat the smell of
2: fresh-cut grass. It's facts. Absolutely facts. There's like three grid feelings. Freshly shaved, clipping your nails, and having like a good look, and then <laughs> the smell of freshly cut grass. That is perfection right there. That was so specific. That is perfection. Jim <laughs> Nance playbook. That's what that, <laughs> that is. That's right there. Now, what we do want to talk about coming out of the break is not summer, but it's actually the fact that the 2015 draft class is finally playing each other in a playoff series. It's not a Stanley Cup final, like a lot of us thought it could be. Uh, yeah, but that, is, that dream has passed. <laughs> that dream is very much <laughs> for past. For now, for now. For now, but it very much is Eichel versus McDavid, and it is something I think a lot of people want to watch. I know for a lot of us in Buffalo, um, we hate Eichel, and that's I'm more than okay I'm with it. I'm still so I'm a, bitter. I'm a huge McDavid fan, so I'm fine with it.
3: I'm not necessarily a McDavid fan. But I'm still so bitter about everything that happened. Well, I'm like, please yeah. just beat them in four. Just be- beat <laughs> them sweep, them in four. Well, sweep them. Well, that won't happen. <laughs> well, <yeah>. Edmonton <laughs> did lose game one. Yeah,
2: but it's it's definitely a series that like I was looking at. I wanted Winnipeg to beat Vegas. I'll be completely truthful there. Like I really wanted Winnipeg to win there. I knew they weren't going to be able to do it though. But I mean,
3: you can only yeah. you can only And and and
2: Hellebuck's ending press conference was oh. I, I was gonna, we won't <laughs> have to like dive into that, but like talk about a team that like you like. Definitively know is going to get blown up this year. Yeah, their coach hates basically all their stars mm-hmm. and openly said it, like that he thinks yep. they're mentally weak, that they they never really rose to the occasion, and all this stuff. And then you have stars like Connor Halabuck, who is the face of the Winnipeg Jets, and really, I mean, Kyle Connor is very very good. But another 2015 draftee. So oh, man, that draft class is loaded. <laughs> but. Connor Hellebuck is like the face of that organization. Yeah, he is easily their best player. It's weird. He has absolutely carried them into not even relevancy, just being very, very good. But like, I mean, just Vegas just kind of swept him aside. There were moments where Winnipeg looked like they could do it, mainly at home. Uh, you know, with the whiteout that that crowd in the playoffs is just it's That's it's electric. Else. That, it's electric. Is, that is something that if the Sabers can ever replicate, I am there every single game. And I'm not me, and I I don't even have the money to do that, but I'm there every single game. To me, it's kind of weird that so Rick Bonus is the coach yeah. of the Winnipeg Jets. Thank it's, you. I was I was trying to no, say his name because I could not remember
3: it. it. It's bonus, yeah. Um It's weird that it didn't work because he was just with Dallas and his ending in Dallas wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. But now he goes to Winnipeg with Pretty much the same team, a good yeah, goalie, yeah. some decent stars, and he can't get it done. Like, I, I don't know. I think Winnipeg, ever since the um, Pierre Luc Dubois trade, oh yeah, yeah, they, they were destined for like crashing and burning because like, like and and that, I just that, that I just wonder, just
2: still doesn't really make sense to me.
3: No, and I just wonder where Hellebuck goes because well, because
2: the thing, it's not the Sabers. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm the gonna straight Sabres. up say it right now, it's not the Sabers, and I don't want it. No, I well, cause, yeah, uh, all right. So like, let's talk about that real quick with goaltending. I don't want somebody that's going to legitimately compete with Devin Levi. No. As the, as the team starter. It, you need you need someone that's capable.
3: You you need a younger Craig Anderson. Yes. Yes, like, you, you, that's you, who you need, need a younger Craig Anderson cuz Anderson was great when you needed him. But you, he, you need you, late
2: Ottawa Senators Craig Anderson. Right. You like need 26 2017, 37 2017, 37 years 2017 old. Craig Anderson yep. when the Senators
3: went to like the the semifinals or something like that. They made like a weird playoff run, and then they had the
2: Eastern Conference Finals against Pittsburgh. Yeah,
3: they made a weird playoff run and then faded into obscurity again, and now they're back. What, like the next uh, year? Yeah, yeah. Also, side note with the Senators.
2: Sorry, kind of no pinballing here.
3: Got to do what's got to do. Snoop Dogg has entered the conversation to buy the
2: Senators. Somehow, the ownership talk of the Ottawa Senators has become like a really, really fun topic. It it, it can either it, it's super fun because it
1: can either be Ryan Reynolds yeah. or Snoop Dogg. Like it's the last low cost. Sports franchises you can get. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Everything else is like a billion north. Well, like oh, the NBA's well, probably. I was going to say, we,
2: we just saw with the NFL, like what you know, teams are going. Washington Commanders get sold for what, $6.5 billion? Yeah, if you like, want to get involved impossible. as the
1: owner of a sports team, your best bet now is the NHL. Either and, the NHL and, and you or also,
2: you buy a small English premier team. Right. Wrexham AFC. Wrexham <laughs> AFC. I mean, they, they bought them before they were even like the top four pyramid of English soccer. And now, now they are, thanks to Ryan Reynolds and. Um, McElhaney. I'm blanking on his Rob. first name. Rob McElhaney. Thank you. <laughs> but, like, so you got that with Ryan Reynolds coming in. He's a Canadian guy. I think he was born in Ottawa or, or, or around um, that
3: area. I don't know, actually.
2: But I know he's Canadian because he know always Canadian. makes those jokes in Deadpool. He, he's into it, so that's really cool because you're like, all right, cool. So an actual Canadian is going to buy a Canadian hockey team. Fantastic. And then you have Snoop Dogg, whose whole point is I see the, the sport growing in Los Angeles. Like, I see right. well, people he, doing this. And he, really, he just wants to be like, Essentially, he wants to be a black man owning a hockey team and bringing that to to an entire community that really – hockey just – it's not there yet. Well, the thing and about, I and I love that he wants to
3: do it. He wants to make hockey a global thing. Think about his early music videos. He was wearing the Robo Penguin, the yeah. '90s Penguins jersey, or a Kings jersey. He, he
2: talked about how he's like, I've I've loved hockey.
3: Yeah, and, and remember one hundred and one hockey one hundred and one with Snoop Dogg. That mm-hmm. was a massive hit for a couple years. Yeah, and, like and then he's it kind all in. Of fell
2: off. I'm but like whoever gets the Senators. It's going to be one of These two, I'm all in.
3: But I'm also terrified because that means that they're going to be well run. Well, yeah, that's, good that's again.
2: <laughs> really what was holding back the Ottawa Senators. Two things. Their arena is so far away, it's alarming. Yeah. And Winnipeg's is too, which is. Winnipeg's weird. is too. And then ownership was a disaster. Yep. Which I love when sports owners decide I know it's never worked for anybody else being like super overbearing on my employees, but what if it does for me? <laughs> like it never works. You know what? But they're all in on Literally
1: it. Literally no one has pulled off micromanaging to a successful conclusion. No. But, but it's always happening. It might work on the next try. Yeah. What <laughs> if it was me? The only person who's real because I'm a billionaire. What if I'm the good one? Because I have a lot of money and that's how I validate myself. So exactly. clearly I know
2: what I'm doing. It's, just, it's mind-boggling when I do see like these like very overbearing or- owners. and I'm like, tell me once why it was a success. Ryan Reynolds is from Vancouver. Vancouver. Okay,
3: so the complete opposite His middle name side. <laughs> is Rodney. So it's Ryan Rodney Reynolds. Oh, that's awesome.
2: His parents had a sense of humor. I did not know that. Rowdy was, Rodney Piper. His, his parents had a great sense of humor. I love that. But so on the Ica McDavid thing, because that's where we're at now, is that those two are meeting in the second round. Edmonton is such a blast to watch for me. Yeah, Like, like, uh, like I am rooting really hard for Edmonton to win cup They have a the goalie year.
3: that's a color finalist. I had no Stuart idea. Stuart Skinner, baby. He, I had no idea. Great that mustache. He is, he, okay, he, Great is, he is how, he look, he's like Matias Samuelson. I thought Matias Samuelson was like 30 years old. Oh, yeah, yeah. Matias <laughs> Samuelson is younger Skinner than us. was also 30 years old because just the, the way they're like, their facial hair and everything. Yeah. Like, I... I it's amazing. I, when I saw Stuart, Stuart Skinner oh, get nominated, I was like, oh, great. It's Bennington 2.0 because Bennington got nominated for the Calder and won at, like, 26, 27 years mm-hmm. old, whatever yeah. he was. And it's like, cool, yeah, I guess he's a rookie, but, like, he's 26.
2: I guess, you know, but Stuart Skinner's 24, which is yeah. young for a goalie. Well, yeah, like that. I was going to say that one, that one makes sense. To yeah. Me. I'm fine
3: and, with that. and he's a caller finalist, but so is Owen Power, first of all. But um, that's just an interesting aside to the Oilers, because you have you've had the headliner of. Here's Connor McDavid. Oh, and here's Leon Draisaitl. Oh, and we that's have Evander Vander
2: Kane, and then and oh, it. you remember Ryan Nugent Hopkins? We drafted him first well, overall, but yeah. who is he? And then this <laughs> year he just I'm going to be a hundred point scorer, I guess. Yeah, and then you
3: have Jesse Puljujarvi, who oh, sorry, he got traded. He's been a part of our team for years, and he's always been a good player, but we're going to trade him. Yeah, absolutely. And then you're like, well, what's going on now? And now here they are against the Vegas Golden Knights, who are one of the lowest most loaded
2: teams, and and if, and have definitely not this year as much. They've been very quiet this year, but for mm-hmm. the most part have really embraced being a villain. Yes. And it's something that I've really, really enjoyed. Even them getting Jack Eichel. They're the Tampa Eichel. Bay of the West. Yeah, oh, absolutely. absolutely. Especially with the whole circumventing the cap thing. Oh my gosh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but even with Eichel, Eichel has kind of calmed down his antics a bit too. And and I wouldn't even necessarily say antics, but like he's definitely like, he was on uh, maybe a podcast, I, maybe it was the Pat McAfee show.
1: First mistake. But like he went on the Pat McAfee <laughs> being show. On a, being on a podcast. That's, Don't that's do it.
2: True. But he went on there and even said, like, I enjoyed my time in Buffalo. But, like, I think I think he's also kind of being a little facetious there or not even necessarily being truthful just because it's like it, – it, I think Vegas has kind of realized we can be the villains, just don't be loud about it. Yeah. Because then everyone hates you. Be the quiet villain. Be the quiet villain. But I, I love this series. I love how it's set up, especially for Buffalo fans. Like, we can all kind of – you know McDavid's in the West. You know who cares? Like we could have got him, yes, but he's in the West. It doesn't matter. Right. And then you have Eichel, and it's like, ooh, he's in the West, but I hate him. <laughs> and it's been a lot of fun. And it's, I just like uh, the game tonight is at seven. It's the only. It's the only NHL game tonight. And it's just weird like, that it's at seven. Y- there should be more than just one game on on Friday and Saturday. That feels yeah, very but weird to me. When
3: they get later in. They always do like one game a day after yeah. the first round, which but it, but, I don't
2: like. But I think it's I think it's a great standalone game. I think it's absolutely yeah. spectacular yeah. standalone game.
3: And it's it's another thing with the whole Vegas thing. I remember watching them come into the league, and I loved it. Like it like they were the band of misfits. Yeah, you know, and they did so good the first season. It was cool. But then the whole oh we're we're the band that nobody wanted. We're the team that nobody wanted. Kind of wore off because then you get Mark Stone. Matt well, Pacioretty. they got Mark
2: Stone, and then they got that taste of the cup. Yep. They almost had right. it, and, and that it, it 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 really did poison them a bit. Where they're like, "We will burn down everything to get it." Yes, and, and that I, well, and that's I more respect,
3: the, that's yeah. more of the owner owner front office really. The story is it's more of the owner yeah.
2: than the GM and the coach. But they're like, "We will burn down everything." Yeah, like
3: oh, we got we're gonna trade Alex Tuck, one of our like cornerstone pieces, along with a really good prospect and Peyton Krebs, and a first round pick. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Now, ultimately, Eichel has become their front man. I mean, he well, is that. yeah, Yeah. But originally, like initially, when both of them came back from their injuries, and I still think this, but the Sabres won that trade.
2: I think so. I'm I'm confidently saying that I
3: will argue with that. Alex Tuck,
2: he didn't have 40 goals this year, but he got pretty darn close to that. He's now absolutely going to be a stud.
3: He's putting out the same, if not a little less than Eichel for $6 million less
2: than Eichel. And are they the same age or Tuck's a year older? I don't know. I think Tuck might be a year older. Well, while you're checking that, we're going to go to the phones. We've got Ray and Clarence, who's waiting patiently. Ray, welcome to Sports Talk Saturday, my friend. How are you doing today?
0: Hi, good. That's exactly what I wanted to talk about. I, I still can't get over as I look back to Eichel's years. How that team did not work out when we got O'Reilly and Kane and Reinhardt and, you know, Leonard was a big deal. It just, we, we had some good players. I'm still, I don't want to say bitter, but, you know, when those guys went on, uh, everybody but Evander Kane. I, I I want no success for them with O'Reilly. That's why I'm, I'm in a conflict when O'Reilly's playing uh, Reinhardt right now. Like, who do I want? To win? <laughs> do I, who do I want to lose? Yep. But all those guys and and you know, looking back at that Eichel trade, um, you know, straight up, if we now that we know what we know, Eichel for Tuck is you know fair to me. You know, and and you're right, six million dollars less, but to get Krebs and then I'm not sure who that first round. Pick is
3: but I believe Noah Osler. Noah Ossl. Yeah. Yep, and he's actually all right. doing all right in Sweden. So, mm-hmm.
0: well, here, here's the thing. I mean, as I look at it, and I was afraid that Eichel was going to be healthy, I, and, and I forget all the details. Is it that the Sabers were just done with him? I mean, he's playing like he's never been hurt. You know, like he he looks great. He's why was there so much issue with the, with that procedure that he wanted? I mean, is it is there, am I forgetting or not reading between the lines and maybe the Sabres were just done with them and that's how they wanted to get rid of them too? I
3: think part of it was I mean this is just me speculating here I—I I, I, this isn't from anybody but I think part of it is they were kind of done with them and part of it was the whole injury issue. I don't i don't really know I mean it could have been a, a mix of everything and the fact of just wanting to start with a clean slate because earlier in that offseason they traded Reinhardt and Ristolainen which were mm-hmm. two of the big three it was Reinhardt, Ristolainen, and Eichel And you already trade away two of that big three. Eichel's not really doing what you want with your injury, and he doesn't, and he wants it, what he wants. And that was a whole thing. But I think it was also just the whole locker room, I think, in my opinion,
2: kind of needed a fresh start. I agree with that. Ray, thanks for the call, man. And and, and Josh, you brought up the the point with the locker room, too. I mean, like, yeah,
3: they were, I mean, it was a team that lost for years and years and years, and you're bringing in new blood like Thompson, mm Dahleen in power now. And you need to, a fresh start with that. I will and, say and to raise like point
2: too, though, on that, uh, like, like how that team didn't work. Uh, coaching was awful. I'm, like, like we can yes. say that now. Yeah. Now that Granado's the coach, and and I, I, if people have reservations on Granado, we'd love to hear your thoughts. 803-0550. Yeah, but for sure, Josh, me and you have talked about. We love Granado. Yeah, no, I think I think what he has done for this team is exemplary. I, Adams behind the scenes has been amazing. Granado behind the bench, amazing, and they're building this this group now. The toxicity in that locker room right, that, was, was, was incredible. Like, mm-hmm. Looking back on it, it legitimately was incredible how much that team... Number one, as you're right, the losing lo- losing will, will kill anyone's spirit. It really, really will. We got to a point where Ryan O'Reilly didn't want to play hockey anymore. Like, <laughs> I do not look bitterly at Ryan O'Reilly. I still think that, I still think that was a little bit of a bit. I, I think well, I, Probably a little <laughs> bit, yeah. Like a little bit of an exaggeration. I think probably a little bit, but I don't look at O'Reilly with any bitterness. I, I, I look at him as like, that should have worked. Right. That should have but worked.
3: You look at the you look at the postseason locker room clean out comments the year before Eichel mm-hmm. gets hurt. Yeah. And what he's saying in that is just like you could tell that the writing was on the wall and that injury, regardless of what it was and how it went down, mm-hmm. that was the final nail in the coffin. Absolutely. Absolutely when he was. got injured, he he was already traded. We just didn't know where yet. Well, and, I and,
2: and that was the thing too. Is it's we we need to make sure this is a good partner because I think that right, we're right. talking about the trade now being a massive success for the Sabers. Yeah. Tuck is a, Tuck and Krebs really are cornerstones of this current Sabers regime. Tuck, I think, definitely Krebs were still Krebs, still waiting to see him Krebs pop needs off a to bit.
3: Work a little bit more into it, but Tuck is but Tuck absolutely is a he's, cornerstone of the Sabers team. It's it, and it's not like because the Sabers have had quote unquote local hometown players before. Oh yeah, I mean Brian Gianta's is kind of a hometown player. Um, Zach Bogosian a little bit, mm-hmm. like guys from the New York, Western New York area. Yeah, but you never had someone, and I mean Brian Gionta was great in his career, obviously. Yeah, and so is Bogosian in their own rights. You've never had someone that's um like a point scorer. He's going to score a goal every night. He's going to get a point every night, and he. Loves being here. He wants to be here. He wants to play here. I mean, Tuck. Because he's from
2: here. Tuck, when he got here, well, from the area, I, I still have a tough time considering Syracuse from here, but that's, listen, that, that's more me but, than anything.
3: Listen, when you live next to Tim Connolly. Well, yes, yes. <laughs> you're yeah, going to grow up a Sabres fan.
2: You're going to be a Sabres fan. But, like, <laughs> ultimately, I, I, I look at those teams, though, or, or the teams now, and, like, like you're right. Like, Tuck is just that guy that, like, number one, when he got here, he was also injured. Like, we didn't really know where that was going to go. Right. Yeah. But you, you, there was a little bit of a okay, is he going to get. Is he going to get better? But now it's like he's one of the fastest players, sneakily, in the NHL. Like, mm-hmm. it, like, when he was out for that little stretch of time near the end of the season, that really affected the Sabres and how they yeah. were playing. Like, when he was like, that speed that he has, but just, I don't know. I, I look at these teams now, and you can, can see you can see the writing on the wall of, of why they're going to be good. There's not this toxicity. I think as well, and, and it, it's a small thing for me, but it's definitely something I look at, they didn't name Thompson captain just because he's the best player on the team. Right. And that's what they did with Eichel. And they named Eichel captain, number one, way too early. Yep. They should have put O'Reilly as captain. Yeah. And number two, it's fine if he's not captain material. He doesn't have to be Steve Eiserman, like right. the Detroit Red Wings. Right. Randy Yeah. He doesn't need to be those guys. Yeah. Thompson is just the best offense player on the team. He's not the captain. That's okay. That's fine. I don't think less of Thompson for that. I don't think that, well... He's not captain. No. If the captain's Tuck or Darlene, and don't get me wrong, I am somebody though that y- you still need to be good enough like to like yeah. to will the team to some stuff. That's well, where like but, my but one at, issue with Kyle Oposo. Well, but look at Oposo's
3: what, what he's I think it's more of what he's been through.
2: I think so too, yes. Because
3: he's been through so much in his career. He was so good in in, in New York. And then he comes here, he has a great first year or two, and then he gets hurt. Mm -hmm. And then he comes back, he's okay, and then he gets hurt again, and a lot of things go wrong when he gets hurt again. Oh, yeah. But then he comes back, and he persevered through all that, and I think that's why he makes such a good captain. My whole thought process on if they bring him back, though, is do they make him captain again, or do they start...
2: I think you've got to start the transition to Darlene.
3: That's what I was thinking, but is it... Disrespectful to take that captaincy away from him. Like, I think that's got to be a conversation they have when they from, if everything, they I, from, from everything I've ability. gotten
2: with with Kyle Oposo, just from hearing him talk. As long as they don't take a letter completely away from him, right?
3: If they give him an alternate and make Darlene talk or, or talk wh- captain, whoever captain, sure, I think that everything will be fine. But as long as Oposo knows that, like like they did with Anderson, yeah, they talked to Anderson before they signed him and they said, "Look, like you're not you're not gonna be the starter." Yeah. You might not even be the backup, but but we, we're going to need you. We value you enough to bring you in to do this. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and I think that's what they have to do
2: with Akposo if they if he wants to come back, which we and, don't. And, we and don't that's know. Really the big thing yet. is: do they? Does he want to come back? Do the Sabers want to bring him back? I, I do or think they need to. Does add he want in, to retire? Yeah, I do think the Sabers do need to add like a little bit more veteran leadership here and just. You can't add just a bunch of twenty-one-year-olds. You can't. No. Like there needs to be some experience have on this roster. Playoff experience, which yep. you have in talk. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of, kind of. Well,
3: yeah. I mean, his first two, three years in Vegas. Yeah, that's and true. Then, that's true.
2: Yep. And then here, but, um, but this team is now experienced going through a bit of a playoff race, right? And they've now experienced, and th- and this is my favorite part of locker cleanout is how pissed all of the players were. Yes. that they, they they had just missed out like yeah. that is something
3: but it wasn't a bad no it, like was, it wasn't it was like, I can't I'm believe I'm
2: not playing hockey next week right. like I, I like I like we should have been in and now they know like you can't go in these eight game losing streaks and not even get loser points as, as our own Paul Hamilton calls them like you know from going to overtime <laughs> like you've got the you, batman points yeah you gotta grind out the points you have to just keep going and I think that, that that this team is going to learn from it. I think them being in this playoff race, even not making the playoffs, was a huge success. We're going to take a quick timeout. Don, Mike, hold on. We'll get to your calls when we come back. you listen to Sports Talk Saturday. And this is WGR. NHL playoff coverage on WGR is being brought to you by Figo Car and Joyce, your border attorneys.
0: Hey, guys.
3: You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame.
0: Two more. Two Two more.
3: You deserve this ice cold reward. Medellin, the Markable Fighter. Trick Responsibly, beer imported by Crowley Port, Chicago, Illinois.
2: Hour number two of Sports Talk Saturday We're rolling along here. Gorgeous day here at our Amherst studio. Finally, the weather is turning. We're talking a lot of hockey today. NHL playoffs are going on right now. Just one game tonight. Vegas and Edmonton last night though. Um I like New Jersey. They're fun. Yeah. They're fun, Josh. But like rough day for Akira Schmid. It's been a rough two games for New Jersey. They've scored two so, total goals. They've given up what 11?
3: Uh they gave up 6 last night. And so. They
2: gave up 5 on Wednesday. Yeah.
3: But so It's brutal. So Akira Schmid is was their starter I think in game 1 and he was their starter last night got pulled Going into the third period, they pulled him. I thought they pulled him on Wednesday too. So Vanecek went in both Ooh, nights. That's I don't, I don't rough. know. I don't know if they pulled him uh, the first game, but he's an interesting case because the last time he had played playoff hockey before this playoffs was against the Rochester Americans. Oh boy, last year that's less than ideal. Did, yeah, <laughs> he had ne- like he was an AHL starter, and. The Devils had to pull him up for injury, I think, and he just kind of became—he was a guy. He caught fire, like kind of like Jordan Bennington, where oh, but he yeah. comes out of nowhere and he's great. You know, I mean, Mackenzie Blackwood's still on the roster. I he—I think he might be hurt, or they might just be like, "Yeah, we." Don't, I just I thought with really them that
2: Vanacek was going to be the guy. Vanacek was just—he
3: was another one. I remember distinctly the first game of the the COVID season. Yep. Mm-hmm. The Sabres played the Capitals, and I'm like, "Who's this Vanek guy? We're gonna put up six on him." And he puts up a shutout in his first yeah. NHL game against the Sabres, and I'm like, "I'm like, oh yeah, this is gonna be great." Taylor Hall, Jack Eichel, like they're gonna they're gonna light this guy up. Nope, Vanek and the Taylor and Hall signing. What's what's hilarious? I have to find the trade tree for this Vanek. The pick used for Vanek was a Sabres
2: draft pick. It was a third oh, yeah. round pick. Yeah, that makes sense. I just it, the Devils are an interesting team. Like I I. I don't want to say I quietly root for them. I, I think they're super fun to watch. You know, with Guys like Jack Hughes, they add in Timo Meyer. Jesper Bratt's amazing. Dougie Hamilton's a blast to watch. Dougie Hamilton is, he is like, a different kind of offensive defenseman. Right? Oh, yeah, that's true. But they're a fun team to watch. And then you see them go up against Carolina. Honestly, uh, watching both those games in that series, and, and really just quick uh, snippets. I haven't been able to catch the entire games for either of them. But in, in quick snippets, it feels like for years how it was being a Sabres fan, watching the Sabres play Carolina you just have no idea how to deal with their with their press effectively a press defense they're always on you they clog up lanes for the power play and with a team like New Jersey who I don't think is totally built for the playoffs just yet they're very speed based they are very yeah. quick strike counterattack all that stuff I
3: think they're more of like you need a development year out of them to yes like you don't yes. need to add a person or a player like, they you just, don't need to add a player but like you now, now
2: young guys like Brat and and Hughes, Hughes are yeah. seeing oh so this is playoff hockey Right, like exactly. people are getting and to be smacked fair, around. To and be fair, not they, being called. they they adjusted to that very quickly against the Rangers. I just i I wonder how they're going to be able to do that against Carolina because they were also down two nothing that series. Right, if Carolina I yeah.
3: is Carolina is a different breed. They're with
2: they're, with Boston out now. Is this kind of Carolina's Eastern Conference to lose?
3: It feels like it has to be. I think so. Yes, because you you look around the rest of the Eastern Conference. New Jersey's unproven. Florida is just riding high.
2: Florida's the hottest team in the East right now.
3: Right, Florida's riding a high though, and, and it can you, their balloon gets popped in like one game, yeah? And, and you don't know what's going to happen. And t- Toronto is unproven after the first
2: round. Yeah, I was going to say, as like, old like, as that team is, and like, they're not like you know ancient. They've but They've been, been together the for a long time. Round. They don't know what to do. Yeah, this is completely uncharted territory. What,
3: like like O'Reilly and Tavares,
2: kinda. O'Reilly, like, O'Reilly definitely. O'Reilly definitely. Yeah, O'Reilly Tava- and Tavares less so.
3: Yeah, and, and Giordano too, maybe. Yep, with Giordano the, with the Flames and everything. Yep. Um, so real real quick, the Vtech vanacek Oh, here we go. So the Vanacek trade tree is funny. So the draft pick rights were traded from the Jets to the Wild for Devin Setaguchi, who was a big name back in the day. Mm-hmm. And then the Sabres acquired the draft pick with a trade on a trade with the Wild for Cody McCormick and Matt Molson.
2: Matt Molson. Yeah. Oh, what a name yeah. to remember.
3: So then the Sabres trade that pick. To the Capitals. Okay. And then the Capitals draft him, obviously. Yep, yep. And then he's claimed by the Seattle Kraken. The Kraken then trade him back to the Capitals. Oh, lordy. And then he gets traded to the Devils and re-signs with the Devils and all that. That is, man. It's wild. The pick went everywhere. Yeah. Well, the pick went everywhere until 2014 when he was drafted. But... Then he just continued to bounce around, yeah. like he never really played in the NHL until the COVID season, mm-hmm. and then gets picked by Seattle. And Seattle's like, eh, never mind. Yeah, we're probably gonna should actually, have never hung, mind. probably should have hung on to
2: him. But um, yeah, it's just his. He's he's a fun one to look at. Speaking of Seattle, I don't want to say that their playoff season is surprising from this year, but it kind of is just based off the fact that their inaugural season last year was like just yeah, it I don't was even rough. say bad. It was just boring. They didn't yeah, score, they didn't do anything, they didn't make the playoffs, they were, obviously. They were
3: also the worst team in the league, second worst team in the league, I should say. Cause who was the worst? Wait,
1: what's that? Because who was the worst?
2: We did it. We did it. We did Here it. Here we are. We did it. But like now, they're a very good team. I think with huge potential star power, Matty Beniers is, I think, the likely favorite to win the Calder trophy. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna win it. I I, I
3: think if power if power would have remember that game, remember that three game stretch where he just kept scoring. It was awesome. If he it was emotional, just kept scoring. I Maybe mean, he, he would, kept doing that. He would win. He would, if he did that earlier in the season, he probably would have a better shot at winning the call. Well, because it took to what January for him to score his first goal. Yeah, yeah. But he had a bunch
2: it, of assists. So well, like, yeah, and he and he was very good on the power play for us for a little while there too. So I mean, like it, it just it took him forever to score but his first the goal. The thing
3: that's so frustrating with with awards and defensemen is all the awards are very offensive based.
2: Like the oh, yeah. I mean the, Nor- it, it, the Norris especially. I mean the
3: Norris is the best offensive defenseman. Yes, who whoever's at the top of the sh- the top three of the sheet with points scored, those are your finalists. Even no though, matter what,
2: even though Carlson could have like a minus one hundred, yeah, rating. Yeah. he even, had even, what one hundred and two points, which right. is the most in like twenty five years for yeah, a defenseman.
3: But he was like negative. He was like minus thirty five. which yeah, he plus was, minus. It's a weird stat. But overall, plus he, minus is not a real stat.
2: He's an atrocious defensive defenseman. Right, he's not good at it. He right. never has been.
1: But. Um, That's an incredible amount of action to be taking place on the ice while you're on it. You yeah. score like 105 points,
2: but you also you are in the also negative. on yep. the ice when, when for he, 235 goals against. When he is on the ice, something will happen. <laughs> yes. We're going to see if you're going to be cheering or likely. swearing, That's but wild. it's going to happen. It's
3: most likely both. But, it's most likely both. But I think if, if like I said, if, if Power had a little bit more of an explosive season, yeah, absolutely, he's much more like it's not but he's, he's
2: definitely way more into the conversation right where for Beneers, right now it Beneers feels like when yeah it feels like being and, running and away you
3: look at it next year too we had this conversation the other day i think if if it's not for like if bedard for some reason doesn't play in the nhl next year I think it's, honestly, Devin Levi's called
2: her to lose. Oh, I agree. I totally which, agree. We which didn't, we didn't dive because... Into, we didn't dive into the conversation too much, but like... It I, sucks because Bedard is totally going to play next year. Well, yeah. You got, you got Bedard and is it uh, Adam Fantilli as well? Yes. Yep. It, it, this draft class reminds a lot of people of 2015. It is a loaded draft class. Yep. And you're also going to... I but mean if also, if Verdard winds up on a team like Anaheim with a guy like Trevor Ziegris, yeah. that is a horrifying combination. <laughs> yes. And a, a combination that's going to score a lot. But Levi did make waves in his short run with the Sabres as they as they made their playoff push, constantly starting games, constantly playing well, I might add. And I mean
3: I I remember I was here a few weeks ago and I was banging the drum until it was broken yes. that Devin Levi is like he's the next guy, which I still believe. Oh, you, you you were you were adamant about it. You were adamant before he started though. That's the fun yeah, part. Yeah. I mean you he, were all in. He has he has looked
2: like the biggest glow up of a seventh round pick since Henrik Zetterberg. Well and, and now the <laughs> funny thing though with, with his seven round status is if he was just drafted a year later he would have been like a fourth round pick. And as a goaltender oh, yeah. and as a goaltender that is high. That's yeah, that's normal. He just he ended up getting drafted, you know, a year before he really should have. I mean he in seven games, five wins, two losses, over nine and a half or nine point five. Excuse me, just over nine save percentage, nine zero five. Your favorite and, stat, and that's also coming off of one game where he let in six goals, and I think we were all saying afterwards, going like five of them were not his fault. Like it's right, just, I don't there's no defensive help. I he's think, getting he's getting shelled.
3: Yeah, I think his like fourth or fifth game was it was the the, the turning point of like okay like. That one he could have done better on. This one he could have done better on because yep. it was like a three-two loss, I think, and it was like yeah, both those goal or all three of those goals should have been saves.
1: And the two defensemen that the Sabers rely on the most for solid defensive play in their own end, Matthias Samuelson and uh, Darlene, are just were hurt
2: the whole time. Yeah, I they, mean, w- I mean, straight up, we heard during their their um, they were both their injury. locker room cleanout that they were they were both dealing with pretty heavy injuries. Right. So, uh, Samuelson, I believe, specifically yeah. at the
3: same time, as much as we wanted them to make the playoffs. It was probably a good thing they didn't, like yeah they they they, they got, were
2: they, hurt. they got this experience of okay, now we know what, what it to takes, be ready for what what it takes to get there right. and what we need to do in the months of January and February to make sure we're not you know killing right. ourselves yeah. in March to get there, playing like, the
1: first round against the uh, the Bruins get greased in like five games <laughs> yeah. while also Daleen and Samuelson are bleeding all over the ice, or they miss the playoffs, everybody gets right in the off season, and you come back. Pissed off, right? Fully charged with a little something, little extra. Extra. A
2: little extra juice there, and I think as well, like now the fan base. I think for the most part, and I'm saying this as somebody that I went to ten games this year, like I'm, I'm all in, <laughs> I'm all in. But I think this this fan base, you saw it in the arena in this late playoff run. Yeah, I think, I think the, the fan base is completely bought. They back were in.
3: starting to sell out weak games, which like, they I, haven't done yeah. since I, 2015. I think, the, I think
2: this fan base is in. I, I just I get worried if the season starts slow next year. Mm-hmm. That it, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a fight to get back. They got to win at home. And, yeah, but, but you and that's, win and that's on home the big ice. thing. They were awful at home last. If they were 500, year.
3: 500 on home ice this year. They make the
2: playoffs easily. Easily, they they, they walk could, in. They might springboard Tampa. Like like that that was stunning to me too. As a team that traditionally on the road against big boy teams who are in the in the west or Eastern playoffs, like like they would beat them in their own barn. Like they would have no problem doing it. Remember they would they, they were, would come home against the same team. Seven two shelled. Remember the the
3: road trip where they started in Dallas and then they went to St. Louis. I think Edmonton again as well in there. They went to Dallas, St. Louis, Minnesota, quick like West Canadian, and then back home. Yeah, and they were and we were like,
2: if they go five hundred, that's great. They won all the games. Yeah, all of them. They were like, exceptional on the road crazy. this year against some of the better teams in the league. Right and against then, and, Dallas, and then they, at home it was. Be- we went to the Calgary game right oh, out of the All Star break. Man, that was a rough I work. think I think like it, the the hype was high. They're playing this they really scored, good team. They scored two goals. Yeah, they on got three annihilated shots. that game. Oh yeah, but not they, pretty.
3: Yeah, they scored two goals on three shots. My plan that day when I went to the arena was either before the jersey. game, <laughs> either before the game or in the intermission. <laughs> I was buying a jersey. They scored Ball two one. goals on three shots, and they're looking great. I buy the jersey and then they just stop. And I, I firmly believe that it was my fault.
1: Well, because okay. What's the funniest possible answer for what jersey that Josh bought? Oh, it's, it's a. No, nope, don't, don't answer the question. Don't answer the question. The funniest
2: one Un- is if he bought a UPL jersey. Because UPL was the goal. Because then day. he got destroyed in that game. <laughs> that would have been exceptional. I
1: think the funniest answer is Brad, uh, is Brad Boys. Brad Boys? <laughs> <laughs> Off the clearance rack.
2: Off the clearance rack, ran oh, away. No, two it,
1: bucks. What am I supposed to do?
2: <laughs> it was Tage Thompson. That was okay. the funniest thing ever. Like you, you missed the first like two minutes of the second period, and at that hey point, guys, I think it was already two-two. And he immediately looked at us and was like, "I'm sorry." Hey, it's beer <laughs> o'clock.
1: Why? What's the score? What happened? I'm <laughs> oh like, God.
2: "I am so sorry." And then it, it winds up seven-two, and it's you know from that point on, the season kind of became a slog a little bit of like we're you know we're, we're battling it out, we're that trying to get the, there. That was
3: the beginning of the end. At that point, yep. if you think about it, like,
2: there were moments of hope, but, you know. But they just, they could never, they could never get back to the point where they were in a playoff spot. Yeah, because they were for the two, two three weeks. Yeah. And, you know, but just, it, it brutal... Brutal end of the season, but like you know, kind of Corey was saying too. Like now, everyone's getting healthy, and they've got that attitude now of we were this close. Yeah, Thompson was hurt a bunch too. Thompson was hurt yep. a lot. Thompson had, I think, a, a, a upper body injury for the it was last like, like month ribs. of the season. I, I think it was his ribs. But and, the, and
3: then he also had like a weird like lower thing with like his hip or his knee or yeah, something like disgusting.
2: That. He was beat up, and he still scored what ninety five points, something like that. I mean, he was incredible. But it, it, it's that little things. But now, like watching the playoffs, I am sitting here going like. I mean they were they were playing well to end the year. They they were every game was a playoff game to them, but it probably is better that heal up, get ready, come back in next year they with a few more reinforcements.
1: They, they absolutely could have beat the Leafs. Absolutely could oh have my beat gosh. the Leafs. Yeah. And they,
2: they beat them I think they only lost one game to the Leafs. Th- this year. The problem is I, I watched that Boston Florida series and like Boston looked shot. I and mean, that was the most frustrating part of it was I was kind of rooting for Florida to I wanted Boston to lose, but then I'm also like This is Buffalo. Like, they would have come in with so much fun. They would have been a rabid dog having no idea what to do.
1: Yeah, the Leafs look slow. Like, to me, like watching them play, especially against Tampa Bay, I was just like. But Tampa think, was slower. Right. Like, like Tampa was Like am Tampa I mad, was Is this, is this me just not watching hockey, or do they actually appear to be like, – I feel like I've seen
2: faster hockey this year than what I'm watching right now. Oh, you are. I mean, like teams I, like New Jersey, Dallas. I think Dallas that's runs what the, up and down the ice. Buffalo. <laughs> if they had made it, <laughs> yeah. Buffalo. Yeah. That's Buffalo. what they're
3: running into against Florida, though, is, is is Toronto is still playing slow because they played us very slow And now, game. And
2: now Matthew Kachuk's like, I'm just going to be that guy. That trade looks awful if you're Calgary. <laughs> That is yeah. a terrible looking The trade. problem though, if you're Calgary is he wanted out.
1: It's so cool right. because he's like clearly a pest and like fitting into that pest powerful. Right. And no one in hockey makes him matter than Rasmus Stalin. <laughs> yeah. That's true. It's <laughs> yeah, really cool. We were
3: we were at that game too, where we they were we were where
2: they
1: almost fought in the end at the end of the period.
2: That was when I was like, is like I'm like I'm like, is there a, like a serious like hatred developing between power these two sweet. teams? We love it. And then there was like those two teams hate each other extreme from disrespect. All Oh, it's so good. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout We'll wrap up hour number two. After this quick timeout, you're listening to Sports Talk Saturday here on WGR. Did you know that you can now listen to all your favorite teams, station shows, and even podcasts, all on the free Odyssey app? Download it today. Hello, I'm
1: Howard Mackler.
2: Two of uh, Sports Talk Saturday, we're rolling along here. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, Corey Griswold hanging out with you. Gorgeous day out today. First U.S. Formula One race of the season. We also have the United States Grand Prix in October down in Austin, Texas. And then later on in November, the new Las Vegas Grand Prix will be going on. I think November 19th is that date. But today we have qualifying for the Miami Grand Prix. Tomorrow's the race at 3.30. Josh, I don't know how much of a Formula One
1: I'm getting fan, more into it. You're
2: getting more into it. That's mainly... Because me. of you. That's mainly through <laughs> me. I, I I'm all about the morning races. It's a big reason why I got into soccer because you know, Saturday, Sunday morning, I'm not doing anything during the summer. All of right. a sudden, you know, nine in the morning I've got you know all these games on. Formula one's kind of the same thing where it's like, oh, it starts at you know it's eight in the morning and it ends by ten. Like that's beautiful. I will tell you though, I'm really stoked that it's gonna be an afternoon race. I watched the Australian Grand Prix at like one in the morning. That was difficult. That was a hard lesson for me to learn. I still remember I was
3: like Leaving a bar, it was a Saturday night. I was leaving a bar and I was texting you. Yeah, I was like, "What's going on in Australia? Why are they racing?" And you're just like, "You were wired." And I'm like, yeah. "Whoa, this is a
1: lot."
2: <laughs> it's, it's qualifying. Don't it's, worry about it. It's the, the day morning.
1: over there. It's on the opposite <laughs> side yeah. of the planet.
2: It's qualifying over there. It's like you know, twelve thirty. They're having lunch. I'm on my third you know energy drink just to stay awake. I was ready to go to bed, and I was like, "Nah, dude." Like we've got like twenty more minutes. But yeah, right now uh, practice number three is going on down in Miami, qualifying later today, I believe at four or four thirty, and then the race tomorrow at three thirty. I I'm getting into it. It's it's easier to get into it now. There is an American driver on Williams Logan Sargent, he's a rookie this year, and we were talking a little bit in the breaks. So we we have it on, on the TV here. It feels like there isn't really any like pay to drive drivers like there has been in, in previous years, like guys like Nicholas Latifi. And it's making the sport easier for me to watch, even though Red Bull specifically is so far ahead of everybody. It's making it easier to watch because I'm like, oh, there isn't this guy that's just like the son of a billionaire. Like, even the guy that is the son (laughs) of a billionaire, Lance Stroll, isn't bad. He's not great, but he's not awful. Right. Everyone
3: that's in it is in it because they're good.
2: Yeah. They're not in it because they're rich. It actually feels like they're 20 of the best drivers. If I may politely
1: ask a question. Absolutely. When you say pay to drive. This is not the owner paying a driver just as a gun for hire, not like Boris said. No, this
2: is said driver's paying the team to drive. Okay,
1: so that sounds like a money laundering scheme. That's
2: (laughs) fair. That's probably fair. So
1: just some random, you know, Habsburg can plop some money down and show up at the track and just get like a specially fitted helmet for his chin and then get out there and go? have Have you ever seen
3: Iron Man 2? No.
2: Okay. Well. All right. Well, a scene in that is Tony it, a scene Stark in does that, effectively. Tony Stark
3: owns an F one team. And he races well, in the of F one? Yeah, and he just like he, he walks up to
1: his driver. He's like, "Hey, man, this is my car." All these people need to have their taxes like tripled, like at the yes. least. <laughs>
2: Yes, but it, it is. It, you, I'm showing usually,
1: up in a big jacket a that says IRS, yeah. and I just want to see what the reaction. I just, just want to know what what everyone does. Next up
3: uh, on Sports Talk Saturday, how t- racing is a money laundering scheme.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but typically, they won't just like come in from like an average citizen making you know billions of dollars and go. I'm going to race Formula One. Like usually, you do have to go up the pyramid, but it's more I can keep paying my way up the pyramid. It is a sport. Yeah, sure. yeah, it is a sport that if you ever look into the cost of it, it is obnoxious yeah, and no one should
1: do it. Why we beat the British in the Revolutionary War? Because all of their officers basically paid for their commissions and were like, "I want to be a
2: general. I'm going to plot down
1: some cash. Yeah, I'm, I'm a general now. That. Check I'm it out. See, look, I got a badge. See, look, I got a badge. And See, then, look, a and then a cannonballs going right through them, fired yeah. <laughs> by
2: some dude from Boston who couldn't wait. <laughs> who could not wait. Kind of the same thing with looking at Formula One. These cars. I'm not necessarily a thrill seeker, but after watching like five or six Formula One races, I desperately want to drive one of those cars. I don't want to so do a turn; fast. I just want to go in a straight line. Yeah, the turns are the scary part. I just want to go in a straight line and feel the G-force. That's all I want. That's all I need. No, That's thank it. you.
3: But no, yeah. I, I'd love it. Make it a two-seater. I'm all in.
2: I, w- I don't want so to what
1: what saying, drive it. In. I just want to sit in it. You, have, you got that thing. You hit the, you hit it, and you could go absolutely open throttle in the straightaway. And then you look to your left real quick, and the dude in the car next to you is some scion of some cryptocurrency thing that's like a hop, skip, and a jump away from showing up in front of Congress. And this dude, who clearly yes. never passed one math class in his life, Absolutely. is going just slightly faster than you in a F1 car. Yeah.
2: That's and Slightly moment, faster, though, is a big difference. Yeah. It's a big difference. I, I would trust
1: you with that car more than that person. I wouldn't.
2: I also am bad at math.
1: I'm going to say it because you won't. Ford
3: needs an F1 team. I'm we all talked about, about it. I'm you, all about it. You weren't going to say it until I did. Ford needs an all-American F1 team.
2: I'm all about it. Well, I, as as we're seeing, I mean, there's three American races now, and due to the Netflix show Drive to Survive, Formula One is really, really growing in the United States. They now have a you know American driver. I I do think we'll eventually get some sort of American car company. I say Ford that, just because I'm wants. a Ford. I'm a Ford guy. Only oh, if they oh, do it yeah.
1: under the Mercury brand. Ooh, ooh. Driving out, driving out, driving out there. In into, a big, in, into
2: Out there in a big grand marquee, baby. Let's go. <laughs> there we Give go. Me the classics. There we go. Gonna take a quick time out here. Hour number three of Sports Talk Saturday on the way next. After this quick time out, you're listening again to Sports Talk Saturday, and this is WGR. Load up on some great WGR apparel at WGR550Shop.com. T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, and more, including a new We Still Believe sweatshirt. Get yours now before they're gone at
1: WGR550Shop.com.